Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. I'm Kim Beer with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And I'm Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Hey, guys. Hey, <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, before we get started this week, I want to tell the audience about our events and a couple of them that we have coming up that are really cool and that are filling up. So if you've been sitting on the fence, kind of thinking you might want to come to one of our events, it is the time to get yourself registered if you're going to come to one in 2023. So we have two fantastic experiences coming up. One of them is our Cottonwood Guest Ranch, which had such rave reviews last year. This place is truly special. The lodging is special. The people are special. And I'm going to say the photographic fodder there is chef's kiss. I mean, you cannot ask for cooler dust, cooler backgrounds, really good cowboys and cowgirls, amazing opportunities to shoot herds of horses and people doing cowboy and cowgirl work as well as Western lifestyle stuff. I mean, this place is truly special. And this event is truly special because it is a place where we're going to do some intensive learning things. So if you've been seeking to really take your photography up to the next level, if you've been looking to expand your business, if you're feeling like you're stuck in your creativity, this is the workshop for you to come to to get all of that growth moving in the right direction and to get unstuck from where you are. Because we do so many cool things in this particular event to help you with all of that. So that's our Cottonwood Guest Ranch Adventure. It is at the end of August, the 24th through the 29th. It's five days, five nights, and it's in Wells, Nevada. And you can find out more about it on cowgirlswithcameras.com and just head to the events page and then click on Cottonwood Guest Ranch Experience. And trust me, it's worth your while to take a look. Just so you have a heads up, the way that this works is we do talk to all of the participants ahead of them registering completely for this event because we want to make sure it's the absolute perfect fit for you. So don't be surprised when you click 
click on the buttons if it asks you to go ahead and make an appointment. So please do, because we can't hold your spot until we get an opportunity to speak with you. Trust me, it's painless, it's easy, and just click the button and follow the instructions and we're all good. The other thing we have going on this fall is a new event for us and it's the Trappers Lake Lodge Photography Adventure. Now I'm going to tell you, I have sampled this place and it is truly an adventure and it is some of the most breathtaking scenery you have ever seen in your life. We're hosted by a wonderful young photographer named Kaysen and Kaysen is amazing. She has planned so many cool uh, things for us to go photograph. She has such deep knowledge of this area. It is truly a special place and it is in the wilderness. It is beyond beautiful. I can't even begin to describe it in words. I suggest you head on over to the website and take a look at that. This is an event where we're just going to shoot. There's education available to you if you need it, but this is more of a relaxing sisterhood. Let's have a lot of fun shooting and really enjoy ourselves and get some amazing photography for portfolios or stock imagery or art, anything that you are looking for, I'm going to tell you this place has to offer it. It is five days, four nights from September 29th to October 3rd. It is near Meeker, Colorado. I'm not going to say it's in it because it's quite a few miles away from there, but it is beautiful. And at the time of year that we're going to be there, this is peak color season in Colorado. And I mean, the aspens just simply light up the planet. So it'd be a really good place place to come and join us for that particular adventure. So again, cowgirlswithcameras.com is a great place to find information on both of these events. All right, ladies, now that we've got that in the bag and have told people about what we're doing, I'm curious about what you guys have been up to in the last couple of weeks. Thank you for doing that, Kim. I'm super excited about some of those events. I'm glad we had an opportunity to share them. I have been doing a ton of deliveries this week, which has been difficult up until just a couple of days ago because my truck has been broke down. So got my truck fixed and now I've been delivering albums. Um, it seems like it's I'm on like an album rush right now. So that's what I've been delivering is a bunch of photo albums to clients. I've had a couple photo shoots. I had a really beautiful equestrian senior portrait shoot a couple days ago. It was over at Princess Place Preserve, which you both have now been to from the Horses on the Beach workshop. So we shot over there. I was able to pull out my Godox lights and just really lit up the beautiful big old oak trees. And it's gorgeous. Just a gorgeous shoot. I had so much fun doing it. I'm still recovering from the ticks though. My gosh, there's, I think I got in a nest of them or something, but it was just a beautiful shoot. I'm also working on, I'm a little late, a uh, little late this year, but I'm working on updating my artwork guide. A lot of the vendors that I really love to work with have done some product changes that I'm just really crazy about. So I'm updating pricing, updating what I'm offering my clients to so just kind of reworking and kind of reconfiguring how that is laid out and the pricing structures. So I've been really busy this week on top of all the cowgirls with camera stuff. So, but it's, I'm happy to see your faces. What about you, Phyllis? Well, this time of year is just a lot of office work for me. I, I think I mentioned before I was signed by a new publisher, so I'm trying to get artwork submissions organized for them and then getting new work from my old publisher, trying to get some other stuff done on an old publisher that is no longer in business, so I'm switching those images over to the new publisher, so that's extra work. 
which is all good. I'm happy to have the work. Very happy. Very thankful. I'm also working on images for my website update that Denise over at Storm Lily Marketing is doing for me. And she wants a bunch of old pictures of me, which is a little worrisome, but (laughs) (laughs) pictures of when I used to show horses and stuff. So that's kind of cool. And actually, it's kind of been, I don't know, it's just been kind of neat going back through these old pictures of when I used to show horses and a lot of travel, like with my sister and stuff. And she wants pictures from all that from when I very first started photography and before. So it's been very bittersweet, kind of a good thing and a bad thing, just looking back at old times. You're taking a walk down memory lane? Yes, I am taking a very, very long walk down memory lane. Got some family stuff going on. My sister's still uh, obviously recuperating from her knee surgery, and I've been home working or trying to help her some. And then just, it's been so pretty here. It's Of course, it's raining today, but it's really been in the 70s most days here, and everything's blooming, and spring has sprung. Of course, now it's going to be a cold snap next week, which is what we do here in Georgia. We get hot, and then we get cold, and then we get hot, and then we get cold again for Easter. So, But that's about it for me. Kim, what have you been up to? I have been the networking queen. You have heard of the dancing queen. Well, I'm the networking <laughs> queen. So I have a extended stretch when I'm not traveling. So I have been a few places this year so far, but it's it's been this time of year, it's more at home kind of stuff. And I'm working on building some groups and stuff for my Gestalt business. And so I've been like super concentrated on that. However, it's funny to me that even Even in my other life, I run into so many photographers. They like end up in the same circles that I'm in. So I have had photographers in almost every class that I have taught around business in the last couple of weeks. And it's been super fascinating to sit and talk with them about what we do as equine photographers and Western lifestyle photographers, because a lot of them have never experienced that. And they find it really, really awesome to hear about what we all do as cowgirls with cameras versus being, I guess, just a person with a camera. So that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I've been I've been out promoting my book. I've been, I don't know, signing books and kissing babies and just talking to people about joint ventures and creating opportunities, which is, you know, as Kara is sitting there smiling so big and Phyllis too, they know that that's me and my element, right? That, that's me doing what yeah, I love to do. You're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> talking. That's what I was. Yes, talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here smiling because I'm like, she's acting like it's such a chore, but she loves every minute of it. <laughs> no, it certainly is not. Well, and and you laugh at that, but and I know people on this thing are going to go, oh my god, what is Kim doing now? But I'm also in this hypnosis training course. Like I'm taking this like deep dive six month incredibly in-depth avenue to learn hypnosis. And I have lots of ideas around that that I want to bring to our community here to help with creative blocks and to help with getting resistances out for businesses. I have millions of ideas, which is another thing I'm never short of. But what's funny about it- And I'm terrified. Is when I started into this, like (laughs) I went to these hypnosis and like training sessions and I've been to hypnosis and I came home and I told my son, I said, I think I 
I have found like the ideal career for me because basically what hypnosis is is you talking people into a coma. So <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's truly up my avenue to talk people into a coma. It's so something I'm, you I'm have a natural it. talent for. I do. It, it just comes really natural. I was just sitting here thinking about that you had asked me to be one of your guinea pigs for your testing. And now when you talk about coma, now I'm a little bit worried about <laughs> what is she going to have me doing while I'm under the influence? <laughs> well, I can fully assure you, I fully assure you that hypnosis is not what you've seen on TV. And I cannot convince you to do anything that you wouldn't naturally be well, disappointing. inclined to do. <laughs> really? It is a little disappointing, Kara, because damn it, I really want wanted to send her to town to rob a bank and bring us back a lot of money so we could all buy new camera equipment. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, Kara just did buy new camera equipment. <laughs> she came to the dark side. Yes. Congratulations, Kara. <laughs> Thank you. It's arriving today. I'm super excited to test out my first mirrorless camera. So I'll still be shooting with my go-to 1DX Mark II. I love that camera. So it isn't going anywhere. And I really love it for video. So it's definitely sticking around for video. And then I'm going to give this uh, R5 a try and see if I can enjoy it or not. Otherwise, I'm sending it right back. Oh my God. Don't even say that. You're going to love it so much. I tell you, I'm sitting here thinking about it and don't tell Ed this, but it's like getting a new boyfriend. You know that new boyfriend feel when you're all in love I haven't and told Ed. and can't wait to see them and think about them all the time? That's what the R5 is for photographers. Yep. Well, I have to sign for it. So it might actually arrive while we're recording today. So I've got to keep uh, keep an eye out for it. I thought it was coming yesterday. I uh, misread the alerts and I sat here at the, in my office all day waiting for it to arrive. And it was supposed to arrive by 4.30 and I had to leave at 4.30 and it didn't come. And so I was like, man, I really missed it. I came home. It wasn't sitting on the front porch, just thinking randomly it would be delivered and went back and looked at the email and it was today. So I sent home all day yesterday <laughs> waiting on it and today's the actual delivery day. So I guess maybe I'm subliminally under the radar excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'll excuse you if you have to get up and leave while we're doing this. So so maybe you should go first and our chosen subject of the day, okay. which is going from hobby to pro. So that way, if your camera arrives, Phyllis and I will be talking. Yeah. So we're talking about going from hobby to pro today. Kim normally does a really nice job of introducing the subject. So I will make an attempt at that. So we work with, I mean, we come in contact with photographers every day that are making the decision to take their hobby to the next level and either form some type of business or try to monetize their hobby in some way. We've all been there. I mean, I started as a hobby photographer. Phyllis, you were a hobby photographer originally, right? An enthusiastic hobbyist, I think is how you described it to me at one point. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. And Kim, I don't, I can't remember if you jumped right in and started making money or if you started as a hobby photographer. Do you remember? I was a hobby photographer because I was 13 and couldn't get quite figure yeah, out how to okay. make money. But yeah, I dove into the making yeah. money part pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> 
So our hope is to talk a little bit about some thought processes around that and give you guys some tips for anyone that's out there and they want to take their photography just to the next level. They want to make it a business. They want to try to monetize some element of their photography. I think, and my two cents on this subject is that you have to start by considering how that relationship with photography is going to change. If you have your hobby being photography and it was something that you do for fun, a stress reliever, I know for me, photography started as a hobby and I was shooting when I was doing domestic violence work. So I was doing really heavy domestic violence and sexual assault work and photography and getting the camera out was a way that I relieved stress. It was a way that I kind of just was able to shut all of that off and go out and just kind of be one with the world around me and capture that. And when it was no longer my stress reliever and was no longer something that I just did for fun, it really did take on a different role in my life. And it just isn't my hobby anymore. So I'm sure that you guys will have some things to add to that. But I do think that's a big piece of it. It's no longer one of the things you do for fun. It's now a responsibility, another responsibility. And I think people have to consider, you know, do you have the time? Do you have the grit? Do you have the ability to develop a consistent photography product that will sell and build your photography brand, build a client photography client base, all while working, potentially working your nine to five, your existing job, in my case, while being a parent and all of the other responsibilities that come along you know, with everyday life. So there's a balance there that happens. And my personal experience, it was a balance that it was a struggle because I was going from this one extreme work experience and then taking my hobby to something that was originally something that was for stress relief and then making it into a, you know, into a new responsibility for myself. And then the next piece of that was, are you ready to monetize your photography? So I think one of the things I learned real quick is that people loved my photography and my work when it was free. They loved it. I mean, I would get all the kudos and people would tell me how great my work was and they would bend over backwards to let me come out and shoot their horses for free and, and let me photograph their families for free. But things change when you suddenly have to, when they have to pay you. So, you know, being aware that that is going to be a shift and that you may have to realize that those people that loved your photography when it was free are probably not your client if they're not willing to pay you. So I think as new photographers or someone wanting to jump into the business, you need to spend, before hanging your shingle, you need to spend a little time researching your competitors. Actually look at your existing target market. I spoke to someone the other day and we were on the phone and we were chatting and she said, I don't think that there's anyone else in my area doing horse photography. And without even Googling, I was able to list three different photographers in her general area that I just happen to know that are in the business. And so I just said, you know, I think you should spend just a little time just researching who's already there, already doing the work, already in your market, determining if there's a need. And I will never be someone to say there's not room for you because there probably is room for you, but you have to figure out what makes you different and how you're going to be able to stand out in a crowd of professionals that are already established and already in that market. So spend a little time figuring how many photographers are already in your area and how you're different. And like I said, other photographers there does not mean that there isn't room for you. You have to figure out why you're different. And then I think the next step that is often overlooked, 
photographers will jump right into their business, but then they, and then they do a lot of backpedaling is get straight on the legal stuff. And we do have an episode coming up on this topic where we're going to go through some of that, but you need to understand your legal business structure. You need to get your contracts in place. You need to get your insurance. You need to understand your tax benefits and liabilities. You need to spend the time doing that work. And I'm going to say, do it when you're getting started, before you get started, figure all of that out so you don't have to deal with the aftermath and the mistakes when you're already a year down the line and you're sitting down and you're trying to figure out how to do your taxes. It's a mess. Take it from someone who's been there. It's a mess. And then the last little piece of that is, do you know the existing channels to access your target audience? So, you know, how do you plan on, how are you going to reach out to people that you want to have be your clients? People automatically think website, social media, and I would challenge you to think beyond that. And I like to talk about what I call boots on the ground marketing, but it's really just networking. You know, where are you going to get your information out into the world and start thinking about what your options are and are you connected? I'm sure that each of us can agree that we've met with photographers that want to get going. They want to take their hobby, but they have no connections in the equine world yet. So they've got some work to do to establish where those channels are and where they exist and how they can access them. So that's my two cents. The last little piece of that is get help, find a mentor, find someone that's been there, that's done it, that's walked that path and can help guide you. It's going to save you so much in the end in terms of the struggle, the mistakes that are made. Hopefully they can help head off some of that and kind of smooth that path for you a little bit more and save you the time and struggle that a lot of folks go through when they first get started. Phyllis, I know you have a lot of nuts and bolts to add here. Why don't you jump in? Wow. All good advice, Kara. I appreciate everything you just said and ditto on every bit of it. It's all good advice. My first thing, I'm just going to bring out seven interesting or very, very good points for people that are thinking about going pro or, or are already there is first off, know your technique and your niche. That would be number one for me. Number two, of course, would be to know your market, understand the needs and wants of your potential customers or potential clients that you want to work with. Understand the day-to-day life of a full-time pro It's number three. Number four, and this is a real big one, is build a portfolio. If you don't have a portfolio in place before you even start your professional career, then you're way behind. Number five, as Kara said, mentioned uh, client contracts and pricing. Number six, insurance and business licenses. And number seven, which probably should be a little bit higher up, is have the proper gear. So I'm just going to go a little bit into each one of these or a little bit more. It is uh, In regards to finding your niche, have a set genre that will help you solidify your brand and allow you to focus on your energy on developing your own style and marketing to the right audience that you're wanting to gear your photography business to. And like Kara did, I think it's really cool how you might even want to consider incorporating your niche into your brand name, which I think is cool the way Kara has Fast Horse Photography in her name, instead of like me, who has Phyllis Burchette Photo. But I think that's cool is think about trying to put that your niche into your brand name. Number two, build your portfolio. Gosh, without a portfolio, no one's going to know what you can do. So before you try to turn your hobby into a business, it's important to build your portfolio and start working on images that reflect your style of shoots that you want to do on a regular basis. A great way to do this is by signing up to go to events, to workshops, tours like ours, (laughs) for instance. There's so many great places to go shoot 
finding things to do and go shoot in whatever niche that you've chosen. Be sure to focus on that. Your portfolio will be one of your main selling points. So make sure you put your best images in the style you specialize in. And I can't emphasize this enough. It's funny how some people will, I know the other two will get this a lot. Do you ever take a bad photo? Well, of course we do. (laughs) We just don't let people see them. (laughs) So yes, that's very important is always put your best work out there for people to see. Engage some subjects to help you set up shots if you have to. I mean, you can, there's, if you have friends, if you don't already have them in your existing portfolio, make sure that you have all the equipment you need to create a portfolio of images that will truly showcase your talent. So, and you can do this, you can grab friends, I mean, and set up photo shoots on your own, but building that portfolio is really key to your business. We actually did a whole episode on that subject, on using models and putting models to work for your business. So that's such a good point, Phyllis. Yeah, yeah, we did. I forgot about that. Good point. Thanks. This is something that I'm really, especially on your website, I think it's really important to always tell people where you're located as well. And along in that same line is include your prices. There's nothing more unprofessional than a photographer that doesn't have a price list. If you're going to jump in from being a hobby to a business, make sure to list your prices and clearly outline what is included in your various packages if you're going to have packages. Kara is a great one to work with if you're going to be a portrait photographer in respect to in-person sales. I highly recommend talking to her and doing a mentorship with her if you're jumping in the a professional pool. Take the time to work out the cost for your services and ensure that you're on par with other photographers in your niche and in your local area. Be sure to create some marketing and branding materials. If you haven't already done so, you'll of course need a business name, some other, you'll need logo, a business card, a digital flyer maybe to kick start your business. It's a really good idea to set up a website, of course. And as well, I think having social media presence is, is big too. It, it certainly has helped my business grow in leaps and bounds. That way your clients can review your portfolio and services at any time. They can go to your website or they can check out your social media pages. This is a perfect way for customers to review some visual marketing before they you know, need to contact you. But be sure that your email is listed somewhere. Don't depend on social media to be your way to uh, correspond with potential clients or old clients. Find a way to generate leads and consider freelance work. Whether you advertise on Google or Facebook or do job boards for people looking for a photographer, equinephotographers.net is a great place for that as well. Uh, you'll need to do something to find the work as it won't it won't just magically come your way, although we'd like to think it will. <laughs> but you have to put some effort into it. Waiting for work to come in when your photography is just a hobby can be fine, but when it comes to your full-time business, it's vital for you to ensure you have regular inquiries and work coming in especially if you're depending on that income for your day-to-day expenses. If not, you can, of course, end up with some serious cash flow issues. Consider approaching local clubs, uh, schools, art galleries, events. I don't know if you want to. I personally did enough uh, weddings that I found out I didn't want to shoot weddings anymore, but some people do that a little bit on the side at first just to to boost their income. But find out what's happening in, in your local area and maybe go to those and maybe hand out some marketing material. I think when you're starting out too, is put your hand up for as much work as you can and set up a range of different options for uh, lead generation and, and options for any kind of photography work that, that you can find that will be in your genre. 
when you're starting out, your phone's not going to ring much, but it's always good to have other options, of course, when the times are quiet to build up your sales and meet your cash flow needs. One way to do this, of course, is by getting referrals and testimonials from either clients or even people that you've done maybe some free work for. Actually, if you do a job at no charge, treat that like it's a paid job and have that client or have that person that you did the shoot with actually go through the whole process of yeah. of setting up an appointment and going through the whole process and then ask them for a referral or a testimonial afterwards. I know for me, when I was doing client work, that was my best advertising was my past clients. Potential clients often do use uh, testimonials when they're trying to make a decision about whether or not to book a photographer. So make sure to ask previous clients or, of course, those that were happy with your work <laughs> to write a short testimonial that can include your portfolio, your social media, and your website. Another thing, too, I think that's been really helpful for me to build my business is an email system. Send out an email with a questionnaire to create these and use them in your marketing. I think SurveyMonkey is one that does that. So don't be scared. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know for me when I was going, I kind of felt the same way Kara did because the hobby part of it was what I did for fun. But, and I'm back to that now. At first it was scary trying to think about having to make a living and depend on this income to, you know, to pay the bills and to pay my mortgage and all that with. And at first it, it was very nerve wracking having to worry about that. But now I'm back to really enjoying photography and sharing my passion for photography with others. So I hope that if you're considering this, that you'll take all these into consideration before you jump into the professional pool. Well, I'm going to interrupt real quick because I really loved what you said about like in the begin, the early days, you may not have a lot of clients, but that doesn't mean that you can't be like still busy and working on your business and working in your business. And one of the things I knew I needed to do early on was I needed content and I needed connections. And so I did a ton of just going out and shooting and I was doing it weekly so that I ha I needed that visual content. I needed it for my website. I needed the practice. I needed it for my social media channels. And through all of those, that part you mentioned about the referrals and testimonials, I put those people through my process and I made that part of shooting, doing the work for free. And I'm putting that in quotations because even though I didn't get paid money at the time, I was getting paid in other really valuable things, which were the testimonials, the referrals. I asked them to do a certain number of social posts, that sort of thing. So that's really huge. And Kim, I know you want to jump in here, so I'll shut up now. But um, thanks for letting me jump in, Phyllis, because that was such a that just really triggered such an important thought in my brain. So thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so for those of you who are out there who are considering going pro, and I know you may have been sitting there for a little while thinking, I really want to be a professional photographer, but I don't know if I'm going to be ready. I don't know if I'm ready. I may need to do this. I may need to do that. You're ready. I mean, honestly, to be straight honest with you, you're never going to be fully ready for this because you don't know what you don't know, friend. And until you dive in, you're not going to figure those parts out. So as you sit there listening to this, and I think Kara and Phyllis have given you some outstanding advice for that, 
And if it gets you excited and now you've taken notes and you're ready, think, oh gosh, I've learned another step in this, but I don't know if I'm completely ready to do this. I may not know everything about my camera or everything about how to pose a horse or everything about how to pose humans. You're not going to know it all. All three of us learn something new every single time we work with a client, every single time we go out to shoot. It's always going to be a learning and expansive experience. And business is something you're going to have to experience. You can read about it. You can do all your books and studying. You can interview people. You can do all kinds of things. But until you get out there and get your hands in it, you're not going to learn how to navigate it. So you are ready. I had a person in one of my classes yesterday who was not anything near photography. It was a food business conference. I was talking to people who own restaurants and food trucks, and one lady had software, and another guy was doing a kitchen competition. I mean, it was a really hodgepodge of rooms, but everybody had food in common with each other. And I did have a comment from somebody that says, I just don't know if I'm ready to launch my business. And I'm like, you're never going to be ready. You just got to pull the trigger and go. And when I say that was, you know, how do you actually move in this day? It's not like when you become a professional photographer that all of the sudden, you know, you like go by, you may, but most of us don't do it this way. Like go get a studio and have a place to go to work every day and all of those kind of things. You're talking to three photographers. I'm in my home. Kara's in her home. Phyllis is in her home. Kara has probably the most organized space. I don't know. I haven't been to Phyllis's house, but I know of Kara and I, she's got the most dedicated space where clients come in and out. My photography clients, I don't think I've ever seen the inside of my office except on Zoom. So you're typically going to be working in your house, which is going to be if you've come from a world of where you get an hourly salary or where you have a day job, where you go somewhere to work, working from home is a whole challenge in and of itself. And I'm going to give you a couple of tips there. One, how successful your business is, is a direct result of how often you show up for your business. So you do have to show up. And I know Kara and Phyllis both hinted at that to say, come even when you don't have clients, be out there shooting, using your camera, building your skills. Yes, I totally agree with that. But even when it's a rainy day and you wished you had a client, even if you can go ahead and get dressed, and I say in the beginning, once you're advanced and you're a senior photographer, you can come to Zoom meetings with your pajama pants on. But until then, get up, get dressed <laughs> like you could go do your job. Like if somebody called in that moment and said, I want to go have a meeting with you about doing my photography, that you wouldn't have to go change your clothes and put your makeup on or do your hair or whatever it is that you do, and that you could just get up and walk out and meet them. There is a psychological little tick in there that when you get up, you get dressed, you are official, you show up to your desk or your studio. And you really have a dedicated place to work that is for work, that has a door on the room where you can shut it and tell the other people who live in your home that you are working. Now, your work in that space 
may not all be photography. It's going to be the things that these two ladies mentioned. It may be writing a blog post. It may be doing your social media. It may be putting together your portfolio. It may be looking up the competitive research. It may be a million other things, but you have to show up for your business because that's the way professionals walk through the world. That's one of the differences between a hobbyist and a professional photographer is a professional photographer shows up and works on their business, not just in their business. Along those same lines, you really need to start embodying who a professional photographer is. Even when you're not quite there yet, start presenting yourself to people as a professional photographer. Don't caveat when people say what you do. You don't say, what do you do? Well, I'm a photographer. I don't give them a lot of extra information. Like, I just bought my camera a couple of years ago, and I feel like I've gotten really good at using it, and I'm going to start charging people money here pretty soon for doing my photography because I'm moving over to being a professional photographer. No, 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 no. You are a professional photographer. The minute you flip that switch in your brain, you know what? I'm going to anoint you as an official professional photographer. So show up as one when somebody asks you what you do. I'm a professional photographer. I work with whatever happens to be your niche. Make sure you embody that professional photographer. Even if you're not sure about what you're doing, fake it till you have a complete understanding of it. That is the way you're going to learn how to embody yourself as you're moving forward as a professional photographer. Adopt it as really who you are, part of who you are at least. You don't have to tie your entire identity to your business in photography, but definitely when you're showing up as a photographer, show up as a professional photographer, not a hobbyist. Kira and Phyllis both mentioned competition and to look at the competition in your area and understand where you fit into that niche and how to kind of look at it. I think that all three of us as professional photographers have utilized our niches very well. So in other words, the people that we work with, there's a definite brand to who we are and there's a definite audience to who we have as our clientele. I'm going to tell you that did not happen overnight. I didn't wake up one morning and decide that my career was going to be a built around reining horses and I have a second niche around people who partner with horses and healing modalities. I didn't wake up and say, those are my niches. What I did was found that I was magnetized into those things. And over a few years, I developed a portfolio around that. Now, Phyllis more mindfully did this. I know because I've had this conversation with her where she started to make her Instagram account, which is a booming success, very focused on Western imagery. So she very mindfully focused in on it. I kind of blindly tripped over what I was going to have for my niche. (laughs) I've never talked to Kara about kind of how she settled on what she was doing in her area. But I think it's an important thing to know that there's many roads to get here. And if you don't immediately know in this minute what you're going to do as a professional photographer, what your brand is, what your style is, exactly what your niche is, don't sweat that. 
Don't sweat it. It's a small stuff. You will figure it out. Be mindful about it and start focusing in on it because you will be more successful when you're targeting a specific group of people than a broad group of people. I always tell my marketing clients, when you're marketing to everybody, nobody will hear you. But when you start marketing to a specific group, they will hear you loud and clear. So that's the reason why you want to develop that niche but you may take a little bit of time and I want to give you some allowance to be able to do that. Also understand competition is a good thing. If there are a bunch of equine photographers in your area, chances are there's a bunch of horses. So there's a lot of opportunity when you see that, when you see other photographers. Knowing where you fit in, as Kara gave you that advice, is absolutely key because it gives you a place to position yourself among the pack. Think of it like a herd of horses. There's always a hierarchy. Everybody has a position. Nobody's getting kicked out of the herd, but they all have a function within that herd. So make sure you know where your function is within the herd of photographers that are in your specific area. The last little thing I want to talk about is the part of photography and being a professional photographer that was probably one of the hardest parts for me. And it's a part that nobody really tells you. It's like, is that you are going to have a lot of people giving you creative direction. When you're a hobbyist, you get to make all of the decisions about your photography. You get to make the decisions about how you show up, what you shoot, how you're going to go about shooting that. When you start shooting for other people, especially if you're doing work like I do, which is commercial photography, you have a lot of other people with creative visions and specific ideas that now you have to modify your vision for in order to create that for them. That can be a blow on your creativity. It becomes difficult because now you have to be creative on demand by somebody else's expectations and those other people are going to critique you. So it's a very difficult thing to navigate. And I think both ladies recommended that you have a mentor or that you get some somebody to help you. Having another photographer, because photographer is one of these rare industries where there's actually like a whole mentoring sort of system among photographers. Not all business people have that. But I think it's important to have another photographer to help mentor you through some of that because you can get disheartened really, really quickly. So first of all, no, it's not you. It's not you. It's not your work. It is just a hard transition to make. And it's one that's worthy of making because I'm going to tell you something as a secret about it. It's going to make you a better photographer and it's going to make you a better business person. But it can be a little rough, so be gentle with yourself and get someone to kind of help you through those things. We did an episode, just I think it's the last episode we did on creativity. If you're struggling with that, go listen to that episode. That's a good place to get some help. But understand that you are going to have a lot of bosses. There is going to be a lot of what feels like critique, but it's really people just expressing themselves. So it's an important thing that you hang in there and just learn how to work through that particular situation. I think that's my two cents on this subject. I hope that's added a level and depth to what we talked about with this, because I think it's just so important that we keep bringing new photographers in with the right mindset 
and with enough support so that they're able to be successful and not get discouraged. I hate to think of all the people that have hit the barriers going from hobby to pro and just gave up because it didn't feel like it was possible. It's completely possible. It's very doable. And we're here to support you through this podcast, through our website, through our events. It's one of the things that we all three have a big passion about. Beautifully said, Kim. Beautifully said. Ditto to all that. Yeah, no, that was... It's just so perfect. Okay, so we would love to have you guys join us sometime soon at one of our events. So head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com, hit our events tab, and find the experience that is right for you. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us anytime. We are on social media at Cowgirls with Cameras on Instagram and Facebook. So many great things are happening over on our social media channels right now. I am doing my best to make sure that you are getting some of the just the best um, resources from Phyllis and Kim as they pull them out and just really good engaging content over there. We've got some really amazing photographers that are engaging regularly. So definitely join us over there as well. And I haven't forgotten about the CWC photo challenge. Thank you to everyone who has been participating with that in that on Instagram. To this week's challenge is sunrises and sunsets or sunrise and sunset. So we would love to see your sunrise and sunset images. Go ahead and post them and use hashtag CWC. WC photo challenge. And when I go in and look for those, I'm happy to share them and share your photography with our audience. So we hope you guys are having a good day and you're out there shooting. And kudos to you, Kara, on doing an amazing job with our social media. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It's it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.